Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful for your mercy, your grace today. We love you. We praise you. You're our God. You're the mighty God. You're the thrice holy God. We're here to celebrate you and love you and learn of you. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. I heard about a group of people who got on a flight in Dallas, Texas. They were flying to New York City, and a voice came over the intercom and said, we're so glad you're flying with us today. You're flying on the first flight of the total automated airplane. <laughs> there is no pilot. There is no co-pilot. This is completely computer-driven. We have the highest technology. We have tested this over and over and over again. We've tested this system over and over again. So sit back and enjoy the flight, enjoy the flight, enjoy the flight, enjoy the flight, enjoy the flight. How many of you are feeling good about this flight already? <laughs> Some things never work out like you think they should work out. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, here's a comforting verse for that thought. Jeremiah is sharing the word of God with us, for I know the plans I have for you. This is God speaking, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know, God wants to do some good things for you. And he wants to do some good things for me. Now, here's the obvious of this passage. Number one, the Lord has plans for you. The Lord has plans for us. Would you say that with me? The Lord has plans for us. Now, let's all say it together. The Lord has plans for us. He wants to prosper us. He wants to help us and not harm us. He wants to give us hope. And we have a future to focus on, and we can look forward to the future. There's an old Spanish proverb that goes like this. He who does not look ahead remains behind. How many of you know we have to be forward-looking? And the Bible teaches us to be forward-looking. But to actually look forward in the right way, we have to have the right mind. Now, we're in a series, uh, Living Life with the future in mind. Say that with me. Living life with the future in mind. Now, look at the last word here, mind. Say that with me. Mind. You and I have to have the right mind. Now, Romans chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3 gives us some insight about our mind. How many of you know a mind is a terrible thing to waste? Some of you uh, will get that on the way home. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformation by the renewing of your mind. Now, this is what I believe. I believe salvation can come to you in a moment when you believe and you trust in Jesus Christ. But your mind, according to Scripture, has to be transformed. Your mind 
and you know this, and you're going to catch this, will think things you don't want it to think. Will dream dreams you don't want it to dream. Will have thoughts you don't want it to have. Somebody will cut you off in traffic, and your mind will immediately go into action. And how many of you know it cannot be good action? You may be saved on the inside, but your mind can be up to tricks. Y'all are so holy. Now, I want you to see something here. Number one, look who Paul is writing to. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Everybody say brethren. So I believe the sisters can read this letter too. So he's not talking to the unsaved. Who's he talking to? He's talking to those who are saved. Even though we're saved, we're still in the process of transformation. We're still in the process of the Lord taking us from what we were to what we shall be, what we can be. We have a fallen nature, and if we don't watch it, our mind can focus on the negativity of life, and we can choose, we can choose to put our mind on the good and the positive or the bad and the negative. You have to gird up the loins of your mind. Now, these verses are not written to unbelievers. They're written to Christians, and Christians have to gird up the loins of their mind. Why? Because your mind is fallen, and it has to be, according to Scripture, what? Transformed. The word here is the Greek word metamorpho, which we get the word metamorphosis from. So you have to have a metamorphosis. A transformation of your mind. Do you know you can have a thousand good things going on for you, but you can have two negative things? And you know what you'll think about? The two negative things. Your mind will be focused on the negative instead of the positive. And you can have all kind of good things. You can be married and your husband can do a thousand good things, but you'll... <laughs> on the two bad things he does. Or your wife can do a thousand good things. She does one thing. Come on. There's elbows flying in this place. It's so true, isn't it? Why? Because we have a fallen mind. We, our mind has to be transformed. It has to have a metamorphosis. And, and we have to have some change here. And sometimes when we make decisions, we have to make decisions with the end in Mind. So when you make a decision, you have to make a decision with the end in mind. So if someone offers you drugs, you have to say, okay, if I take these drugs, there is an end to this. So I brought some before and after pictures for you today, and they're going to put the first one up here. Let's look at them. Here's the before, here's the after. So the next time you think, boy, it's going to be cool to do drugs. Oh, yeah, there's an end in mind here. Let's look at the next one. Here, here, here are some beautiful people. But they did not end very well in their physical appearance. Let's look at the next one. Uh, I tell you what, some of these folks were pretty famous, weren't they? And they made some decisions, but they didn't think about what? The end in mind. See, let's stop right here just for a second. Hold, hold that slide up. Because someone will come along and say, this is cool, this is good, you're going to feel better, your, your life is going to be better. And, and guess what happened? You just got conformed to this world. Do you know what the first psalm says? Blessed is the person who does not take counsel from the ungodly. Amen. How many of you know that's in your Bible? Blessed is the person that does not take counsel from the ungodly. You know where you need to take counsel from? 
the godly. Because God said, I have a plan for you. I have you in mind to give you hope and a future and expect it in. This is not the end you want. Can I hear an amen? amen? Let's look at the next one. Now, here's some folks that you've seen and you know. How can you start out this wonderful and end up this horrible? Because you didn't think about the end in mind. Now, I want to say a lot of these people have cleaned up and they look a lot better uh, than they do there. But I'm going to tell you, if you and I don't watch it, there is a metamorphosis going on to the downside and the dark side and the negative side. Or there can be a metamorphosis going from where you are to an upside in God. And so we have to make the right choices. And some of you, in spite of looking at those, you're going to do some of the dumbest things you've ever done. Because you're conforming to this world. And young people are especially suspect, uh, suspect to it because they don't have enough maturity to realize there is a horrible crash at the end of some of our decisions. And you don't have to be young to do it. You can be 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 and there's nothing worse than an old person who's made some horrible decisions. But no matter how old you are, you can begin today to make some good decisions. You can decide, I'm going in a different direction because I'm going to live my life with the end in mind and this is not how I want to end up. Can I hear an amen? amen. Is anybody listening to me this morning? Are you awake? I'm going to tell you, there has to be a metamorphosis, a change from this to that, and let's look at the, the most uh, understanding way that we today in our culture look at a metamorphosis. You know that little worm, that little caterpillar that you see crawling around? He's in the dust, he's in the dirt. And then he crawls up somewhere on a tree limb or a windowsill or he finds a place and he crawls up and there's a change that happens. He doesn't look like a worm anymore. He becomes a chrysalis. He, he becomes a little pod. He becomes a little uh, creature that seems like he's dead. But on the inside, on the inside, something's happening. And after a few days, this shell breaks open and out comes this beautiful butterfly. This is what I've learned. You can, you can have, <laughs> well, I've got to be careful how I say this. How many of you are going to love me when, when I say this? Okay, half of you are going to love me. You can stay a worm or you can have wings. You can stay a worm or you can have wings. But the only way you're going to have wings and the only way I'm going to have wings is I've got to go through a metamorphosis or what Paul said, I have to go through a transformation. There has to be a transformation in my life that I don't stay the worm. That I sprout some wings and I soar to places I've never soared before. And I reach heights I've never reached before. There has to be a transformation. And it comes how? By the renewing of my mind. And your mind will renew on what it feeds on. So what you feed your mind with is how you're going to be renewed. You know, isn't it strange to me that after the shooting in Florida and all the other shootings, now they're re-examining video games and movies and shows about violence and different things. You know, what you wanted to do 30 years ago, say, duh. 
Why won't culture address it? Because culture has been conformed to, to culture. Culture is conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind and as opposed to conforming to what? This world. This world is headed somewhere you don't want to go with and be at the end. Because this world's headed for destruction. We're going to make the best of it. We're going to live here. We're from here, but how many of you know we're not of here? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so don't get conformed in this world because this world has an end coming and you don't want to be a part of that end. How many of you want to go on the first load? That's where I want to go. And if I die before then, how many of you know to be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord? So there's an end in mind. And I have to have a transformation of my mind. There has to be a metamorphosis. And that change has to come from the inside out. Now, it cannot be just an outward change. You can have a makeover and look different on the outside. I always liked the story about the woman who, she had a heart attack. She went into the hospital at 50, and uh, she's laying there, and she's praying, Lord, surely I'm not going to die. And the Lord just comforted her and said, I'm going to give you 30 more years. And I tell you what, she got up, she rebounded. She said, man, I got 30 more years guaranteed by God. So she went out, she dyed her hair, had a facelift, had a tummy tuck, liposuction. She had everything done, and she went out, got run over by a car. She got to heaven and said, Lord, what happened? He said, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> you see, the outward change won't do it. You and I have to have a change from the inside out. Can I hear an amen? You can change your looks. You can change your clothes. I, we can dress you up like a rapper, but you couldn't string 10 words together. You have the look, but you couldn't do it. We can dress you up like a clown, but you ain't going to be funny. Right? You've got it on the outside, but you don't have it on the inside. We can dress you up like a nerd, but you can't fix my computer. Come on. We can dress you up like a cowboy. We can give you the boots, the buckle, the hat, the spurs, and I could take you out to about 50 cabs I'm working, and you would be worthless. I could give you the vaccination and the knife and... Uh, And you'd say, I got the look, but I don't have a clue what to do. I'd say, go get back in that truck, you drugstore. <laughs> Dressing up doesn't make it so. I mean, we can do all those things. We can make you a holy roller on the outside. We can give you the look, the hair, the dress. And how many of you know it won't make you holy on the inside? Matter of fact, that was the Pharisees' problems. And Jesus addressed it. He said, you look good on the outside, but inwardly you are full of dead men's bones. You're like a whited sepulcher. You look great on the outside, but there's death on the inside. You see, this is not just an outward thing. This has to come from the inside out. Can I hear an amen? And Jesus addressed that issue with that group that was holier than thou. Your future and my future has everything to do with who you are 
and who you're becoming. So we're looking to an end. We're headed somewhere. We're going somewhere. So how are you and how am I seeing myself today? I want to give you, as we close out this morning, just several things of how we look toward the future. And you can't look to the future until you look at where you are and where you've been. So here, here's the first one. So if you're taking notes, just write this down. You have to have hindsight. Say that with me. Hindsight. Now we know what hindsight is. It's looking back to where you were and what you've done. The past victories and the past failures. How many of you know you've probably had some past victories? You've done some things right. But how many of you know we've all done some things wrong? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we've got some things in our life that we did not do well. Some people are so focused on the past, they can't hardly move any further. They're looking through the rearview mirror trying to drive the car forward. Dr. Jeff said one time, he said, what's bigger, the windshield or the rearview mirror? Why is the windshield bigger than the rearview mirror? Because that is where your focus really should be. Are there some benefits by looking in the rearview mirror? Absolutely. What, what, what's our heritage? Where did we come from? What were my mistakes? What, what were my victories? What were the good things? So there's hindsight, but there's also insight. Say that with me. Insight. So we have to have some insight. We're looking inward. We're looking inside of us. We're looking inside of you. We're looking inside of me. What are my core beliefs? What are my strengths? What are my giftedness? How can I impact other people and still glorify God? Now, sometimes in the, the, the realm of our religiosity, our church. We think we have to be this or that. How many of you know we can glorify God no matter what he calls us to do? When you look on the inside, you have to say, what am I pulled to? What is my giftedness? What are my strengths? What are my values here? What were the experiences of my past that have shaped me up to this present time for the insight that I'm looking inside of me? Do you believe with me that we need some lawyers that are godly lawyers that can change the environment around us, that can help people, that can guide people, that can glorify God and bless other people? Do you believe we need some doctors that have that insight where they know this is my calling. I don't have to be at a pulpit to bless people. I don't have to be at a pulpit to increase the kingdom of God. I don't have to be at a pulpit to bring people to Christ, right? Or a plumber or a construction worker or a teacher or a coach. I may have a greater audience and a greater return in my classroom than I ever would in a pulpit. Matter of fact, my classroom becomes my pulpit. My practice becomes my pulpit. My gymnasium becomes my pulpit. How many of you know what I'm saying? My business becomes my pulpit. If you're gifted, you, you look there and you see where your strengths are. Maybe you're a great entrepreneur, a great businessman. Maybe you're a great worker. You know what? You can build the kingdom in a greater way. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's giving. Maybe your gift is making money. And you know what you do? You increase the kingdom of God from your strength because now you're looking inside and you're saying, this is what God put in me. 
This is how I grow the kingdom. This is how I bless other people. So we have to look inside of us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. Listen as I read. Paul is praying for the church that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Say that with me. In the inner man. So what do we do? We look inside of us. We need strength where? In the inner man. So there is hindsight and there is what? Insight. But there's also current sight. Or we might say present sight. So now I'm looking back, hindsight. I'm looking inward, insight. And now I'm looking around me, present sight. Now what does that do for me if I look around me? What's my current reality? How many of you know a lot of people don't have a lot of current reality? They have very little personal presence of what's going on around them. Have you ever been in front of them at Walmart? They have no clue. It says 10 items or less, 20 items or less, and their cart is heaped over. And you're behind them and you have 10. And you want to bless them. They just don't have a clue. I shared last week, people driving down the road, they're going 35, and, and the, the people at 65 or 75. And they're looking at birds. They're looking at squirrels. They don't have to be at work. And I do! This have no current reality. The world is spinning, and they think they're the sinner. Y'all are so holy. This is where I am today, opportunities for today. I see the trends, I see the culture, I analyze technology. We talked about today, what are world conditions? Why? Because those things do matter. So, so what's my current reality here? What, what are my current options here? I want to have hindsight, I want to have insight, but I want to have present sight because this is the world that I'm moving in. This is where I'm ministering in. This is where I'm moving toward, right? So I have Hindsight, insight, I have current sight, but I also realize that current sight is today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. You know, in the New Testament, this is brought up again. Don't say tomorrow we're, we're going here or there or we're going to do this or that, because you don't know what tomorrow holds, you just have what? Today. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't look at tomorrow, but how many of you know we just have today? So we have to realize, according to Scripture, that seeing our today is very important because your today will get you to work, to the end. And it just comes a day at a time, day by day by day by day by day, right? So don't, don't boast about tomorrow, but if the Lord wills, we'll do that tomorrow, right? So we have hindsight, we have insight, we have current sight, and we also have foresight. That's good. We should have foresight, shouldn't we? Looking forward. What are the possibilities? Looking beyond the present. Looking beyond the moment. And we do have to plan. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here have car insurance? You know what you're doing? You're looking for tomorrow. 
you have a retirement, you have insurance, what are you doing? You're planning for tomorrow. How many of you have a spare in your trunk? How many of you know how to, no, okay. Um, how many of you carry a cell phone with you? What are you doing? I'm prepared in case there is an emergency. I'm looking to the future. If I have an issue here, I want to be prepared for that that's in my future. And that's a good thing because the Bible is very clear that we should do that. The foresight is looking to the possibilities of the future. Where is God leading me? Is there a prophetic decree over me? And sometimes it is personal, but I'll guarantee you everybody here has a prophetic degree, uh, decree over them. And I read it at the beginning. This is what I'm thinking about you, says God. I am here to prosper you and to give you hope and to give you a future, to give you an expected end. That's what I see in your future. How many of you want to agree with God? I want to agree with God about my future. This is where God is leading us. Can I hear an amen? Is there optimism? Can we be visionaries? And the answer is, we must be visionaries. Because remember the quote, if you don't look to Tomorrow you are destined to stay in today. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. What does it mean? They don't know where to go. They don't have anything to look for. When hope is deferred, it makes the heart sad according to Scripture. I read an article years ago about a small town up in the New England area, and they were building a dam there to put a large reservoir. And there was a small community that was going to be engulfed by this reservoir. The Corps of Engineers were planning this. It was years in the future, but they were planning on doing that. I can remember when they built Warwick Lake out here. I've got pictures of, uh, of me and some of the family in the very bottom there. There, there were great fields and, and hay fields and, and farmland that's going to be flooded. And it was some of the richest properties and land and soil around because it was in the Beaver Creek bottom. And you're very familiar with that. If you go over to Altus at Lake Lugard or Lake Altus up there, there, there's an old town that when the water gets so low, you can see the old town emerge up out of the water. It's the old community called Lugert. And there those buildings will come up out of the water when the water gets down. But up in New England, when they got ready to build this reservoir, you know what happened to this little community? They were going to relocate them in the future. But people quit painting their houses. They, they let the grass grow up in the sidewalks. They quit repairing the guttering. They quit fixing the roofs. You know why? They knew it was only a matter of time. They're going to have to relocate and everything is going to be flooded. Listen, when there is no hope in the future, there's no power in today. So when we have hope in the future, it gives us power for today, right? Because we're headed somewhere. We're visionary. We're going somewhere where God is leading and he says this, I am leading you to prosperity and hope to give you a future, to give you an expected end, not because pastor said it, because that's what God said about all of us and we're headed somewhere. So how do we see that? We see it in our mind's eye by faith. 
And the only way you can effectively see it is that your mind has to be transformed and renewed. Your mind has to be transformed and renewed. And for some people, it's hard for that to happen. So I'm here to help you. So look at me just for the next two minutes. If God said he has an expected end for you in the future, even though your mind doesn't see it, if you feel like you're locked into maybe obscurity or you're locked in a bad situation, I want you right now in your mind to think this is not where I'm going to stay. This is not my end. This is not where I stop. This is not where I end because God has a different end for me. Can you, can you get your mind around that? Let's say you, you have an issue. You have a habit. You, you have a problem. Please don't let your mind say this is the way it's always going to be. Because if you do, you lock yourself in your current condition. None of us should be locked in our current condition. How many of you believe that? Because that's not where God wants you to stay. Day by day, here a little, there a little, precept by precept, what's God saying? I'm going to move you forward. It may seem incremental, but how many of you know a step is a step? And if you're in grief, if you're in pain, if you're in hurt, how many of you know you can walk out of that, you can walk from that, you can walk through that by the power of Almighty God? And maybe you feel like, well, I haven't grown in a long time. Here's the good news. God can keep growing you. He can keep moving you forward. The Holy Spirit can prompt you and inspire you and regenerate you. Not that you're not saved, but how many of you know we are being transformed every day by the renewing of our mind because we're headed somewhere. Isn't that wonderful? I'm not driving in the rearview mirror. I'm looking through the windshield. Because God is leading us somewhere. But tragedy, hurt, sometimes it's our children, our marriage, our finances, our job, our health, makes us feel like we're locked into a hopeless situation. But with God, all things are possible. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.